Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Football Show. We are a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, the Weber State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network. And I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show tonight, we have Dustin Chappie Chapman. Chappie! Uh, it's, I heard the leaves are looking nice in Ogden, man. Oh, they, they're just barely past peak. Uh, this mm. about midweek was, was the time was the perfect time to go see them. It's still beautiful up there. I'm going to give a shout out since apparently it's gear night here on the show. I'm going to give a shout out to, uh, to, to the folks at apparel that made these sweet key, you know, make Ogden purple shirts. Oh yeah. Great, great campaign. Let's do that for much more than just homecoming week. Yeah. But there, but there, anybody on video, there's, there's my gear. I, I, I have a, a an appropriately colored shirt tonight. <laughs> ah, he's calling him out. And also on the show tonight, we've got our very own Sean Lewis, who uh, is wearing his grandfather's alma mater. Sean, tell us about that the, Idaho shirt. The, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and I need to give a shout out to the Vandals for taking down the Grizz and now being ranked higher in the top 25, top 10 in the media poll uh, coming out today, the broadcasters poll. So uh, I, I look, I, by the way, I believe that somebody had that on the game day show. I'm, I'm not going to say who, but I'm pretty sure somebody did have that on the game day show. Yeah. Sean was the only person to take Idaho on the game day show. Uh, Tom and I, uh, I guess, unwisely took the Grizz. So that's what it is. But uh, we'll talk more about that uh, later this week when we do the game day show for Montana State. But uh, on today's show, let's talk about today's show. So we got a player interview for you folks. Uh, we've got sophomore wide receiver Jacob Sharp to chat with us, man. Uh, talk a little bit about his impact because it's been a big one this season. Then we're going to do the game recap, of course, talk a little bit about the Portland State game or non-game. Depends. Uh, you call it what you want. And then I've got a segment for our panel called Walking in the Stewart Stadium Wonderland. We're going to dream a little bit, folks. And we're going to give our panel an opportunity to talk about what they would like to see if they could wave a magic wand and make things happen at Stewart Stadium. But before we get into all that, encourage everyone, subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places. Uh, you can also subscribe on YouTube. YouTube channel is there. These get live streamed to YouTube. So uh, if that's a place where you like to listen to podcasts, it's there for you. Uh, also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all good places to interact with us. Uh, we saw a lot of activity on Sunday, man, with uh, that Taron Johnson pick and plus that Rashid Shahid touchdown, man. Like Weber State was getting the love all over Twitter, man. So we had a we had a good Sunday, man. And shout out to those two dudes, man. A couple of Wildcats and the pros just representing. And then, of course, Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Become a patron. Support us. Really appreciate our patrons. Uh, I've got an idea for a new sticker that our patrons will get. And then uh, I, I worked on my recruiting tracker this weekend. And so I've got quite a few guys that I can now start to reach out to and do some recruiting articles. Our patrons will get those articles first. Actually, I don't think I'm going to write. I think I'm going to do video interviews. That's how I did it last time. I think that's how we'll do it this time. So if you want to get access to those interviews, become a patron. Otherwise, you're just going to have to wait. And if you noticed the last time I did those interviews, uh, you had to wait like six months. <laughs> so uh, you might want to become a patron. Uh, so that's it, folks. Now let's uh, let's 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 talk to our player interview tonight. Sophomore wide receiver Jacob Sharp. Jacob, I know you're busy, man. So thank you for taking a little bit of time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Oh, boys, I'm glad you guys reached out. Yeah, I mean, how how could we not? Because like I said, you had a really big impact this year. I mean, we've, we've seen the impact that Ty McPherson has had. You had T-Mac on the very beginning of the season to talk about, you know, he's a captain. But I mean, right there with them, Jacob, you've had a huge impact. But let's start with your prep, your prep, um, your prep career, because it hasn't been that long ago. Like I said, just a sophomore, um, plus the COVID year, of course. But um, you you did a lot of things in high school. You were a quarterback you were a db you were a kick returner um all kinds of things you started out as a db at weber and now they've moved you to wide receiver and, and tons of success already in this young season so talk to us a little bit about versatility man because you've been able to kind of just take whatever role has been given you and do a really good job how do you do that as as a football player especially at the d1 level the way that you're doing it stay versatile even though you've got a skill set that you've been working on since no doubt since you were a kid this guys has been ahead of me like coming in at Eddie Mark minutes 2019 year and I guys to watch like John Christian and T Isaiah Jackson 
if it ain't set a good example for me to follow and make the switch, I knew what I need to, I need to play and what steps I need to take in those right people who had my, my back doing it. Like, team, nothing but encouraged and supported me and just, I got to give my success and Coach Ridley, like, all, all, all clicked and just made sure we were going that way when we stepped on that field. Yeah, man. I mean, and so, like we said, I mean, it makes sense that, you know, you've had a lot of, a ton of guys out there uh, who have showed you the way. And so now you've, you've got the opportunity. You've, you've followed in their footsteps. They've shown you the ropes and now you're balling out, man. And so this season, talk a little bit about, um, Already 416 yards on 23 receptions, two touchdowns. One of those came in the game on Saturday. Uh, that's 18 yards a catch on average, man. Talk to us a little bit about what's different for you this year because your production has just taken off. The trust factor that we all have, we call each other big trust because we, me and team, I can't make the plays if we can't trust Bronson. Bronson can't he has he can't trust us. So we all just trust each other. It just came together. It came together after Utah State. We all stuck together so that nobody can Chappie or Sean, questions for sophomore wide receiver Jacob Sharp. Yeah, Jacob. Um the, kind of going back to the versatility. Does having played QB and DB, how does that help you become a, a better wide receiver? I'm assuming that it gives you a little bit more knowledge, but how, how has it helped you become a better wide receiver? Uh, playing DB is the coverages and know how to play me, me or T-Mac, but it's just knowing, knowing it's a defense, the schemes, and it's just, I know. I know the pressure Bronson has limited amount of time in the pocket, especially. So I know that I need to work to get any space or where it needs to be put at. That's awesome. And then one more question for you. Um, we've been noting you've been especially effective and deadly on slant routes, right? Or five yard in routes. Okay. Um, but the thing I've wondered, like, it almost seems like it's game plan that you guys are seeing something on defense that's making you guys run more slant routes in certain games. Like the like the Utah Tech game, you guys ran a ton of slant routes. Um, last Saturday against Portland State, you guys uh, ran a ton of slant routes. Is there – what are you guys seeing that's making you key off of that to, to, to run more slant routes in certain games? Key off when we go tempo. Warm to give us so so we know if we get off a big max tempo on run a slant or we um, coverage and, and just ends up working out. Yeah, you you've been you've been phenomenal. The slant routes have been it, like every time you get the ball, Mike always on a slant route and he's just gonna he's just gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jacob, I, first off, I want to give you credit for the touchdown on Saturday. That was probably my play highlight of the game, um, my, my favorite play uh, that you had, at, and just, just a wonderful play. I want to talk about um, it seems like this team begins really fast and, and we're able to get out and score quickly. Uh, the, the Wildcats end strong. We've seen that, only giving up one touchdown in the fourth quarter all season. Garbage um, time a, touchdown. That doesn't even count, man. I know, I know, I know. So, so, but my question is, what what does the team need to do to be more consistent in the middle quarters? What do you guys have to do? What what is what is happening there that makes it so the offense doesn't seem to be rolling quite as smoothly as it does at the beginning or the end? Uh, we we jump out fast, quick, but what we need to do is just keep our foot on, on people's next call. And once we start doing that, I'm at a pretty young offense and we're still trying to get used to the, the we, we just still got things to work. It's not, we're just 
and we're not doing anything wrong because but we just we just got to just put together a complete game where from beginning to end well and i thought the portland state game was the most complete game that you guys have had this season um, so I, I see that work in progress and see, see the improvements there. So, so props to you guys on that. Um, is there any DB in the, uh, can't beat? <laughs> uh, uh, this is, this is involved in having a rush. Can't, I can't beat everyone. I, I always try to trip them up, and, and these guys are so trained that they, they never take the bait, Colby. <laughs> no, it's smart, smart on them. Hey, uh, Jacob, one last question for me. Um, does does going against our DBs and our secondary help you help you guys and help the wide receivers in practice? Because to me, when Sean asked that question, in my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, he, he goes against the best DBs in the league, like, you know, Monday through Friday. In that case, I was that, well, one-on-one matchups throughout the week, every, every week on our Tuesdays and Wednesday practices are pretty chill. says our best days because it's just, uh, going against those guys every day, it does because the opponent that we're going to face besides our own defense, we run our plays, they know as we're running. So, so just being that's as hard as it gets. I believe yeah. that. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, like you said, I mean, facing, having to face, you know, Eddie and Desmond and Maxwell and Camden, like just so, so many dudes and Mark, like you said, so many dudes. And it's funny because like you said, Jacob, you have played with these dudes, you know, that you had converted from DB now to wide receiver. And so it's not just going against them. These dudes are your dudes. You know, you hung out with them for a while. And so um, I want to ask one last question to kind of about that, about kind of friends on the team. And so you are a Bay Area native. Uh, we've got some other guys on the on the team that are also Bay Area natives, like the, the Anderson brothers, Kevin Smith Jr., Nassim Colvin, Justin Malone. How have those guys kind of helped you to kind of settle in in Ogden? Because sometimes I know it can be hard going to college far from home. Uh, weird place in Ogden, you know, you're used to living at sea level and now you live 4,000 feet in the mountains. Talk to us about how those dudes have maybe kind of helped you kind of settle in in Ogden and produce the way you have. It's just, it's like I never, it feels like I never, because we're all from the same place and we all, we all, we're, we're still not used to being cold. No, it's never, it's nothing like, especially no. in December. It's just, it's not even, I wouldn't say guys on the team that make it feel like home, feel like home. Like, we're all brothers. We all hang out with each Like, and that's one thing I drops on is he makes sure that we all are just clicked up based on where we're from. We in and outside of the locker room. Well, Jacob, well, really want to thank you for taking some time, man, to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Um, got a big road trip headed toward you this weekend, heading up to Bozeman to take on Montana State. So want to wish you guys the best of luck. We'll all be watching. That game will be on ESPN Plus and KJAZ locally. But, Jacob, best of luck up there, man, and uh, hope you guys come back with the dub. Thank you. Great. All right, man, we'll see you. Thank you, Jacob. Yeah, we want nice, nice of him. Nice of him to to join us from work. That was. <laughs> we've always talked about how start how how hard we know the students have it. Uh, connection wasn't the best, but I mean the dude's literally literally at work at uh, in a recreation department. So uh, can't can't blame him. Thank you. That was nice of him. Yeah, man, making it happen. Even though, like you said, he's uh, got some other duties. But appreciate <laughs> Jacob, like we said, taking the time. So I noticed in the comments, you and uh, you and Chris Hammond talking a little bit about that pride gold, huh? Pride gold. That's not a thing. 
That's yeah, like Claret. It is at the University like, of Idaho. Yeah, it's like Claret and Cobalt. Like, that's not really <laughs> I, colors. I, I, Cobalt are great. You guys really want me to. I just thought it'd be funny to show up on that as, as credit. One, for my victory on, on the game day show. And two, anytime there's Grizz Tears, I'm, I'm happy. So, and, and Idaho put the hurt on them. So I think, I think my apparel today is, is warranted. I mean, and especially where, you know, Sean was the only one that took Idaho in, in the game day show. If you guys listen to that on Saturday morning, I mean, Sean, Sean has, is the only person that went, well, no, see, cause Sean, he also took Ewu. Philly didn't. Yeah, I did. I did. I also lost on the Idaho State game because we all lost on the Idaho State game. Uh, somehow we didn't pick Idaho State. Did I? How did I miss that? Huh? I must have missed it. Oops. Or just deleted it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a race. So we didn't pick that one. I probably would have taken Polly anyway, though. You're right. I would have missed on that one. I would have had Polly. It doesn't matter. It, do, it, it doesn't matter anyway. We're talking about fighting for last place here. Who cares? Um, yeah. Anyway. All right, guys. Let's talk a little bit about the game on on Saturday afternoon. Um, so like we just talked about with Jacob, Wildcats took the trip up to Portland State, had a good game up there. Um, game was never really in doubt. Wildcats handled things from, you know, from toe to tail uh, or from uh, from nose to tail. Like it just they just handled the whole thing. And so let's talk a little thought would happen on the game day show. Now we get to talk about what we thought would happen and whether we were vindicated or not. First and biggest thing I think was we talked a lot about Dante Sachere about how not only was he the, the starting quarterback, so he would lead the team in passing yards, but also was their leading rusher. So keeping him under wraps and contained was going to be critical to this game. And that's what happened, guys. He had 20 yards rushing on 19 attempts, 167 yards through the air. I mean, that's a pretty good performance by this defense to contain a very mobile quarterback who can throw the ball. How does that leave you guys feeling with some big matchups coming where it's like you could see Sean Chambers this weekend. You could see uh, Tommy Mallott in, you know, the following week, you'll see Lucas Johnson. Probably the following week after that, you know, Sack has a very mobile quarterback, but they also can throw the ball. How does that performance in Portland make you guys feel about those coming matchups with very mobile and very accurate quarterbacks? I, I think the defense did an excellent job, Colby. Um, you look at their stat line as a team, um, only giving up 167 yards on the air on on 18 completions, um, total of 69. I think that we're supposed to say nice there, uh, rushing yards on 36 attempts uh, for 1.9 uh, yard per carry average, um, five sacks in the game for the Wildcat defense. And I'm not sure how many tackles for loss or TFLs there were um, in that, but uh, I think this is the most complete game that he has had this season. And I actually think that as we've talked about how the season is going to build game by game, I think the Wildcats are ready for this next three weeks and then the gauntlet that we're going to see the, the competition is getting better, but I think Weber state is getting better. They're receiving the love in the polls um, number two in one of the polls I saw today. Um, it's pretty high. And, and so I, I think that uh, I've got more hat um, coming into Saturday because we took a guy and, and the, the, the weakness that the defense has shown this year has been that um, when plays break and we break containment, that the bad things happen to the Wildcat defense. They stayed home. They didn't give up the big play. And, and I think we saw the success was the near shutout, you know, only giving up the garbage time touchdown. Yeah. Uh, nine TFLs in this one. Chappie, your thoughts, man. Yeah, it shows a good game plan. I mean, Talkington from you, wasn't the most mobile quarterback, but he was still mobile and, you know, kind of, you has that, you has that about him. Sachere was more mobile and we contained it better, which is great. It's kind of like we had, you know, two, two reps before we got to, to, to the, to the two games where we're going to need to be, be containing mobile quarterbacks. So I like it. It, it. it shows that they're getting reps and game planning. You know, I mean, as you guys talked about there with, with the team stats, 
you know, four sacks in the last sack. I think that's probably the most we've had all year. Um, lots of TFI, five sacks. Thank yeah, you. It's five. Um, lots of TFLs. I mean, there have, early in the season, our our criticism was that there really weren't enough sacks going on, and five sacks is a good game. It's a good performance. So again, it shows that they're game planning and progressing on defense as good as they are. So I'm, you know, they defense dominated dominated that game from beginning to end. Well, and, and not just the defense dominated, but the offense dominated too. I mean, Off, the offense, offense put did up dominate. points. And, and so again, I think this is the most complete game that the Wildcats have put on both sides of the ball for four quarters. Is there still room for improvement? Probably. Um, is Jay Hill satisfied with that performance? Probably not. Um, but as a head coach, he's probably never satisfied with that performance. But at the end of the day, we got the W. Um, you know, and, and I, I think the team did really well. And, and um, I, I, there's not much to, to, to pick at on, on this performance on Saturday. You had a green team that you're supposed to beat 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. And you went out and laid down the hammer. And, and this game felt over at 21 nothing about halfway through the second quarter. Yeah. I mean, I literally was about ready to take a nap. Well, and, and to me that you actually just brought up like a key point. We talked about a little bit on the post game show on Saturday uh, that that second quarter lull wasn't nearly as long, right? Like they, they got up 14 0, like we've seen them do a few times. And then rather than having it go 14 7 or 14 14, like we've seen in past games, they, they, they did keep their foot on the gas, right? They, they did score in the second quarter by halftime, by halftime when it was 21. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, game and, was, and you, game you was not that, in doubt. You look at that Chappie. It was, it was, they scored with eight and a half minutes left or eight forty something left in the, in the half. Um, so about halfway through that second quarter. And I don't know that we really left points on the board, but it felt like it should have been more than 21. I think there were a lot of wildcat fans that were kind of like, Eh, we've only scored 21. We should have more points. It felt like we should have more points. At least that's what it felt like at my house. And so I we call those. Again, <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just, I was just going to say, if we're going to pick at nits, that's, that's the, the one you pick, but, but I don't think we can complain about what happened on Saturday at all. Um, the only thing we can complain about on Saturday is the injury to Hayes Hadley. And I don't know if we've seen any updates to that. On, on what the extent of that, that injury was. But uh, I, that's, the, that's the only downside to what happened on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I think media availability is tomorrow. And so I'm sure that um, there probably are going to be questions about that, you know, whether from Brett Hine or anyone else about what's going on with Hayes. Because obviously we, we hope for the best. You know, Hayes has been a really integral part of this team. Uh, been a great punt returner. And uh, in, in addition to other things, contributing on offense. And so hoping for the best for him uh, and that he's able to get back on the field this season. But, um, Chappie, you... Yeah. I mean, what Sean was describing there, though, is if we get a new hashtag, it's, you know, rich team probs, right? Which is a, a new thing for Weaver State. But <laughs> wanting, being mad that our offense didn't score more than 21 points as a half is a, is, is a good feeling. We'll, I'll, I'll take that. 10 out of 10 seasons. No, Rich Team Probs is the team out of Knoxville, Tennessee that had spare goalposts underneath the stadium and yet still went asking for donations and almost paid off their fine to the SEC for rushing the field. That's all. Listen, listen, I'm I'm just going to say that we could do similar fundraisers for random things at Weber State. And, And if they if we did it in a nice creative way, like the beauty of that campaign is a side note getting off track here, but that's okay. When you clicked on the link to donate to those goalposts, it was creative, right? You could donate the score of the game. You could donate the attendance at the game. Like they were, that was creative. People give money when, when Talk about capitalizing on a moment, something that our university doesn't seem to show a knack for. Well, um, I, what I would say to that, I agree, Chappy, that there are opportunities, I think, for um, small fundraisers like that. You know, I think that the, the turnover belt is a good example. Uh, we just got the turnover belt last week. And so the team was on the road when we got it. So we should be handing that over to them um, probably soon this week. And so hopefully they'll take it with them up to Bozeman. But things like that are relatively easy. And then we've seen that Wildcat fans are willing to pitch in on some of that stuff. So I think it just takes a little bit of organizing. And so... Uh, maybe we'll have to do it ourselves. You know, the university maybe not necessarily planning on doing any of those, but Wildcat fans could. 
And then you mm-hmm. can donate the money to the university for whatever cause, you know, whatevs. But uh, guys, back to the game, um, talking a little bit about the offensive side of the ball. We got to see Chris Jackson make an impact in this one, which was great, man. Always love to see Chris Jackson, love to send the battering ram, love to see him get touches. He had 76 yards on six carries. Um, it seems like if Josh Davis is going to be out, we don't know for how long he'll be out, but if he is going to be out, seems okay, right? Like Chris Jackson is the next man up. Shoot. Fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's an embarrassment of riches of riches right. running back right now for the Wildcats. That, that is just, it, it, I want, I want, uh, uh, Josh to heal up and be as healthy as he can. And I hope that we get to see him play. I hope that wasn't a season ending thing for him, um, with that ankle. Um, but, uh, I have no problem with the coaches leaving him out of this game and giving him an extra week to, to prepare. And, but if we do have to live without him, I, I, I don't see the wildcat rushing attack taking a uh, nosedive and that's not a dig on Josh Davis. That's just no. how embarrassingly rich the wildcats are at, uh, at the running back position. So there is uh, Josh Davis. I, I'm going to make some assumptions here. So forgive me if I'm, if I'm wrong. Uh, somebody asked the question in the Facebook group on Saturday during the game, or immediately following the game, if, if Josh Davis was, was hurt, why he was out. And a young lady who her profile picture on Facebook is a picture of her with Josh Davis and her last name is Davis. So I'm assuming there's a connection there said that it was a high ankle sprain and that he says he should be back next week. So we're we're getting, we're, 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 we're getting uh, contraband uh, info injury report. No, no, that's insider info, not contraband. That, that's that's uh, information outside of uh, traditional channels. But no, I wish him all the health. And and yeah. look, we we need as much running help as we can again the next three weeks because I think the Wildcats are going to come away from these next three weeks brutal. And 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 this is going to be a tough three weeks. And and I'm actually kind of glad that we have two quote unquote easy weeks before playoffs happen. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Sam Herter's playoff bracket today, but uh, his bracketology had the Wildcats number two in the country uh, on the seed line, um, which means home throughout the semifinals. Um, And uh, so I think Weber is placed uh, in a good position that if we make it through these next three weeks, I, I think this could be a very special season for the Wildcats. So two things there. One, you can't have a bracketology if it's not on a dry erase board, right? Like it's gotta be, (laughs) (laughs) if it's not done on a, a, for the photo on a dry erase board, I I feel like it's too big time for FCS. I don't, Mm. that's a terrible idea. (laughs) And (laughs) second point um, is, is that, is is that we, it's a good place to be in, you know, as a Weber state fan, um, very, feel very fortunate. These next three weeks are going to be absolutely exciting. It's, I'll tell you what, guys. The um, best you can I want. Actually, I actually had a uh, one of the bigger Ute fans that I know that it's in my circle of influence, and he reached out to me with with hands up in the air today, asking why a two loss NDSU team is still ranked above a six and zero Weber team, and I had to explain the the vagaries of the the coaches poll and why why losing a 50 50 game and losing to an FCS team or an FBS team doesn't hurt you in the FCS poll and, and all that. But my point here is that even uh, non-traditional Weber state fans are starting to pay attention to this team, which is something that we don't normally get that kind of traction in, in the state of Utah college football pantheon. And so um, I I'm way excited um, for what this team has accomplished so far and, and what the future may hold. Um, I have way more confidence going into Montana state than I did before. We've already talked about that. Yeah. We'll talk a little <laughs> we're, bit. We're, we're the jazz, by the way, we're the jazz. That's we, we, we unite everybody. No, there's like, who's other than, you know, a few SUU fans, like really <laughs> the jazz are dividing people right now, chap. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, they are. It's the t- terrible uniforms aside. We, you know, people still like jazz. <laughs> Do they? All right. thinking, whatever. Yeah. Let's uh, move on, Colby. So let's talk a little bit about um you, you guys brought this up a little bit earlier. Um five sacks. By the way, two and a half of those sacks attributed sophomore linebacker slash defensive end, kind of. You know, Jack Kelly's been playing on the D line a little bit. Um 
Do you think it's a function of the teams that the Wildcats have been playing or are they getting better at applying pressure? Because we talked about earlier in the season how we wanted to see the Wildcats get home a little bit more. Part of that was who they were playing. You know, Miles Hastings at UC Davis gets the ball out very quickly. Some of the other teams that they've played thus far, though, they've had some really good weeks to get at the quarterback and get some sacks. They had a good showing against Iwu, had another good showing this week against Portland State. And now a huge test in the quarterback play of Montana State. Are they getting better? Getting more comfortable? Like, what's what's happening there, guys? Is it a function of the opponent, or are they just improving? I I would say it's it's it's, it's the opponent, and they're improving. And most importantly, I would say it's it's, it's scheme, right? The you know a mobile quarterback. The, the 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 thing that kills you with a mobile quarterback is is when they don't feel pressure. You know, and and they can just pretty well do whatever they want and wander around the pocket because eventually they'll either run and have a bunch of open field, or they'll find somebody open on you know uh, on the on the, the the drill that you know gets guys open the run drill. I forget what that's called, pass drill. <laughs> but uh, that that's that's the thing you worry about with a mobile quarterback. The way to counteract that, from what I know of football, is to put some pressure on him, put some pressure on him, and make him make those decisions quicker. Hopefully, get some sacks, and that's exactly what Weber State did. If that guy can't get outside the pocket because he's he's getting sacked. He's getting pressure from around him. That's, that, that's, that's, that's what you want to happen. So um, I, I do think it's all those factors you mentioned, Colby, but I definitely attribute it to, to them scheming for a mobile quarterback, which again, I think bodes really well for us in the coming weeks. I, I agree with Chappie. I think the coaching of the Weber state Wildcats this season has been excellent. I think we've seen excellent game plans on, on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. I think the offense as per normal takes a little bit longer to, to gel and to find their way. But I, I think they're there. Um, I, again, I'm, I'm probably too much of a homer here, but I, I think that the coaching has been excellent. They've put the people in position to be successful and I'd have to go back and watch the game, but how many of those, um, the lack of production for Chancery, uh, was coverage, right? If he's got nobody to throw to, cause nobody's open, he's holding that ball a lot longer and he's getting, he's taking the sack or we're, we're pressuring and getting there. I, I think that all works in concert together. And as Chappie said, that's scheme, right? It, it's the, it's the coaches putting the players in position to succeed, the players executing what they need to do. And, and we're seeing the results of that. So um, I, again, I, I think there's, there's, as we play the tougher competition, we're going to, we're not going to see the gaudy stats that, that we saw last weekend, but I, I think, I think this defense is something to be reckoned with. And I think every team is every team we play from here on out is going to see a reduction in their normal offensive statistics after playing the Wildcats. <laughs> And and my warning to Wildcat fans here will be the game on Saturday was awesome. We won that game. We beat them pillar to post, start to end, well, both sides of the ball. <laughs> Don't get spoiled and make that your expectation every week. Because right? yeah, these next three weeks we've exactly. been talking about, right? These next three so, weeks are tough. These are going to be top 10 matchups. Right. All three. Yeah, don't, somebody, somebody's going to be so a quarterback's going to break loose on our defense. Uh, somebody's going to pick the ball from Baron. You know, we're going to give a foot. Like, don't ex, you, you don't get in the habit of expecting that game every single week. Because one thing Weber State has been good at over the years is pounding inferior competition. Right? Like they they punish inferior teams. <laughs> and shout out to the uh, staff in Farmington for scheduling these next three weeks because nobody has a gone like this three weeks in a row on the Big Sky Conference. No. No. Yeah, not in but, a row. Don't get don't, don't get spoiled. That's what I'm saying. Let it they're still good. If the offense if the offense doesn't put up 60 uh, against Montana State on Saturday, it doesn't mean we don't have a good offense. If the defense gives up 30, that doesn't mean we don't have a good defense. It means we're going against good competition, which is what you want. Yeah. Um you're right, Sean, that no no team, the closest team that runs the gauntlet though the Wildcats are about to face over the next three weeks are the Grizz because the Grizz take the trip to Sacramento this weekend. Then they try, take the trip to face the Wildcats in Ogden the following week. Then they get a little reprieve, a couple weeks, and then Cat Grizz. So they will face all and three of the same teams, but there's a little break between that and their big rivalry game. Cat Grizz is also in Bozeman. It's in Bozeman this year, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's the difference is that the Grizz have all of these games on the road. 
The Wildcats have two of them at home. So there's but three weeks in a row. I mean, that, that's, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, you don't even see FCS, SEC teams don't play three top 10 matchups in a row. This is, this is really unprecedented. And, and I've got to think that if the, if the Wildcats come out of this undefeated, I mean, that's a good case to be top team in the country, even if SDSU doesn't lose. And I don't think SDSU is going to lose because they, looking at the remainder of their schedule, I don't think that they'll be challenged the way they were with Eisen this week. Um, there's, I mean, unless something crazy happens, the Jackrabbits will be the number one team in the country. Um, but you're right. Should the Wildcats somehow come through these three weeks uh, undefeated, wow, that's, uh, that's something. That really is something because this is going to be, we've talked about it all season, this is going to be tough. But let's not, let's not look ahead, Colby. Let's, let's take one game at a time, right? That's what the coaches do. That's what the players do. We're only focused on Montana state. That's what's in front of us this week. And, and we need to go up and and this business trip, come back with a duck. The the one thing that I do like though, um, you know, the last time we did have a gauntlet like this, a lot of fans will remember the 2019 season. Um, It wasn't this, but it was close. You know, we, 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 we had a stretch of playing, playing at Davis at beat SAC him. beat him. Uh, be, and by the way, uh, shout out to Sam Herter today. He was tweeting his justification for SAC being ranked so high and mentioned that they were like 15 and one in, in big sky conference play the, over the past three years. And I was two years and I was like, I wonder who that one loss was to. Oh, I, I know who it was to. Uh, so they played SAC state, beat them, uh, p- played North Dakota, uh, home. If any of you remember that game, that was a, uh, <laughs> North Dakota was vying for a playoff spot, really. Yeah. Right? Like they were lost that and, game. Uh, and kid kid dropped the kickoff and gave Weaver the game. Um, but then and then they went up to Montana and and lost up there. And we of course avenged that later in the playoffs. But that was a four-week stretch. That was a four-week stretch right there. And we and we came through it pretty well. Yeah. So guys, just a couple more things here on the Portland State game. Um, flip side, the offensive line did not give up a sack on Bronson Barron. Um, how ready do you think that they're going to be for the pass rush of Montana state, which has been their all, their D line has just been okay. They lost some really critical guys to the NFL, by the way. Um, but also the Grizz who blitz a lot. That is the thing that the Grizz do. They love to blitz. Their pass rush is legit. The O line seems to be getting better. have had a pretty good, pretty good run here. Didn't give up a sack on this one. How do you feel going into these next few weeks? Um, if I could start Chappie, I think the one thing that, that I worry about is not sacks. It's the center to quarterback transition of getting the ball out. We had a couple of bobbles this week, um, and, and that was rough and a good team like the, the Bobcats or the Grizzlies, um, that has to be shored up. Um, otherwise those are turnovers waiting to happen. So um, I'm not worried about the, uh, the sacks on, on Bronson. What I want to worry about is making sure that the, the ball gets transferred cleanly to the quarterback and that our offense has a chance to run the play and that we're not uh, having unforced errors uh, causing problems for the Wildcat. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, my reaction will be in the form of a shout out uh, to one Ty McPherson, who had a really great, great tweet over the weekend. Um, (laughs) uh, What it was, was uh, a pregame of uh, Portland State shouting out, uh, you know, who's scared, they scared. And his quote tweet was, uh, I've never been less scared in my life. So (laughs) you don't lose to the green team. (laughs) Gosh, somebody's going to make that a (laughs) T-shirt. It's coming, folks. Believe you me, it's coming. Um, last question, guys, and then we can get off of this and we can move to the final segment. Uh, I want to talk about Maxwell Anderson. Maxwell Anderson leads the country in, a, in interceptions right now. If you listen to the Blue Buds pod, which is a really great podcast, by the way, if you want to get, uh, I've been listening to it a lot, been learning a lot about HBCUs. HBCU is a big deal here in Tennessee and in the South in general. Many of them are here. Um, that he's got Maxwell Anderson as a finalist for the Buck Buchanan. Um, he said it's really difficult, though, for DBs to win it because they don't necessarily have the stats that D-line guy linebackers get, which are sacks, 
TFLs, hurries, knockdowns, those kinds of things. You don't you don't track those things always for DBs. For DBs, it's PBUs, it's interceptions. That's kind of it, right? Do you think that Maxwell Anderson has a chance at the Buck Buchanan if he keeps this up? And and just for clarification, the Buck Buchanan is the defensive player of the year, yep. correct? In the country. In the country, yep. Chappie? I mean, I'd say if our team keeps winning, winning highlights good players, right? I mean, sometimes the guy that wins the Heisman isn't necessarily the the best quarterback. He he just or the, even the best player. He happens to be the best player on the best team. So, um, absolutely, if we keep winning games, then the accolades will will come as a result of that. And I would, I think those guys would tell you that. Like the accolades are great, but they should always be a byproduct of of winning games. I, I completely agree with Chappie. I, while Five interceptions in the first six weeks of the season is fantastic, and and all credit to to Maxwell. Um, if he keeps it up, the awards will, and accolades will come. But but don't focus on what he has to do for the award. Focus on what he has to do to make sure that his guy doesn't beat him on Saturday. And and if he does his work and puts the time in, those accolades will come when they're appropriate. Um, yes, he's one of the best defenders in the country right now. Uh, at the FCS level, um, and and he deserves all the accolades and credit that come with that. But let's not get ahead of ourselves right now. Um, I think the, the larger team goals of a conference championship and a and a and frankly a national championship are more important than that individual award right now. And, and I'll, I'll say that too. Just interesting. We talked about Weber State have somebody ranking them number two. Um, it's a bit funny, right? Last week we talked about the 2017 team maybe being the best team we've ever had. And, and we just didn't know it. Right. Cause we weren't, <laughs> we, we weren't, we weren't used to being good. Um, I, I take that main year as kind of the same thing. Like if we do somehow end up with the number two seed, like we, we now realize what that actually means and how, how valuable that, that is <laughs> going through the playoff. Um, but that, it's those kinds of things that really end up making the season. So yeah, take it week at a time and win the game in front of you. Well, and I, I told somebody this weekend, you know, we always talk about the good old days. They're right now. Weber State has never been 6-0. and Never, ever, 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 ever. Uh, shout out to Chris Ferry, who came up with an interesting stat on, on uh, Twitter today. Weber State football is now at 500 all time. And it's like... 350, right? Yeah, 350, 350, and three. Three ties. Mm. Um, and the last time that Weber State, uh, per Paul Grua... They, they imagine nobody's done the math, but they figured the last time that we were state football was a 500 all time was um, in the late seventies. All right. So before any of us on this program were born. Um, and, and so I've got to think that the Jay Hill has taken us over the last nine seasons from a place where 500 as a program just looked daunting. And now we have a chance as a program to, to write the program history and and change what Weber State football has been historically, we've been on this upward trajectory, um, and and it's so cool to be a part of this right now. And so I just don't want to miss out on this and and whine about the things that don't matter. When gosh, we're six and zero. We've never ever ever been six and zero. This is rarefied air, and I want to see how far we can take this. And and good on the players and the coaches for making this happen because this season has been special. If nothing else happens this season, this season has been special just for that. Well said, Sean. So, so uh, while let's wrap this section, uh, this segment up Wildcats beat the Vikings up in Hillsborough, 42 to seven should have been 42 to nothing garbage time, touchdown, blah, 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 blah. Uh, all right, guys. So now we're going to play a little game that I'm calling walking in a Stewart stadium wonderland. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to dream here. Um, and so my first question to you is this. We had a little conversation today on social media about um, potentially adopting some new things at Stewart Stadium the, to be better for game days. And I was like, man, this was really cool. I want to kind of get some more conversation going about these kinds of things because I love this kind of stuff. So my first question to you guys is this. You, you can add one thing to make Stewart Stadium better on game day. What is it? I'm going to cheat because <laughs> I always do. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say two things. Um, if I had it my way, we would um, take the, 
Well, that's that. I, 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 think I was gonna leave that to somebody else. But I, I, I was just trying to be there. I mean, just yeah, imagine yeah. imagine imagine sitting on the what west side, of touchdown being scored. Anyway, uh, I would say if I had it my way, we would take the entire west stand and we would make it all chairbacks. Right? Give give people a reason, make it more comfortable over there, make that the comfortable side. Um, go go the entire side chairbacks. Okay. Uh, I want and then, the entire stadium chair back. So drink. Oh, we, we, we all do, but let's let, let, let's get one side and try to fill it up first. Really, is what maybe the goal would be there. <laughs> um, the other thing, and, and I took this actually from watching the Davis game. Um, my, I've I've got to attend quite a few Ogden High football games this year because my daughter's in the marching band there, and my my younger daughter loves to just go and play around with all the kids because there's a big grassy area there. Um, I would love to do to kind of do what Davis has and create kind of a the Salt Lake, similar to what the Salt Lake Bees have, where uh, take the south end zone where the scoreboard is, and make a, a nice big grass berm there, make a kind of a family area there where where it's a big grassy area where kids can go play, where fa- you know families that come to the game with with little kids where they can go sit there, let them run around, play on the grass, and and still watch the game. So, I, I like I said, I cheated, but that would be the two things that have been on my wish list lately other than a W on the mountain as well. Mm-hmm. John, what about you? So I, I'm the fat kid on this program and, uh, uh, my thoughts go to, uh, concession stands and, um, I'm going to, uh, Millard hits it right on the head right now. Um, let me tell you the story. My wife, who is not a football fan, um, actually chose to come to homecoming with me. We showed up and we were in stadium with 16, 16- minutes left on the pregame clock we stood in line at one of the food trucks and two touchdowns had already happened before we got our food and moved to our seats that's over half an hour of real time waiting in line at a concession stand i don't care what stadium you are or what what that is something has got to change with the concessions whether that's more whether that's um, being able to pay online and pick up at a central location something where the fans are not waiting in line forever to get a 20 ounce drink. That's cold. Uh, we talked about this. I can't remember where we talked about this. I would love a little, uh, when I was at SeaWorld, they had a little C store, um, where you could walk in, you get your own hot dog, you get your own chips, you get your own drink at the, at the machine or whatever you pay on your way out. So you're not waiting in line for somebody to serve you. Why can't we get Maverick or holiday or one of these gas stations to put up one of these little C stores where you can go get your popcorn, you can go get your, you know, your prepacked popcorn, your, your, you can fill up your soda, uh, do a, do a megaplex refillable mug where you can buy a mug for $10 or $20 at the beginning of season and refills are free throughout the season or refills are a buck, whatever it is. Um, and, and do that. You got to fix the concession stands because being in, in, in stadium 16 minutes early, going to the first concession stand we came to and not getting to our seats um, uh, before halfway through the first quarter is ridiculous. Well, and if attendance keeps, keeps going up, that problem just compounds, right? You know, yeah. that, they, they essentially on, on homecoming, they probably needed probably triple the amount of vendors they had there, which I don't know if there's enough space to do that. But if, as you walk into the stadium, if you're coming through the North gate, the area to the right up there that's up a couple steps, that would be the perfect area to have a little, a little sea store, right? Cause my, my daughter, my, my kids, when they come with me, they always just want a little treat. We end up like waiting in line and, and getting, it's never a treat. It's like a $15 cheeseburger or, you know, a, a $10 crepe. And it's like, they just wanted a package of gummy bears. <laughs> but, but that's, well, that's the point Dustin, is, is that, I see fans the whole time. You stand up. If you stand up, you you go sit down at the stands, right? And you stand up middle of the first quarter and go to a concession stand. You're not coming back till the middle of halftime. You're missing a whole quarter of game of live game action, just trying to get food. That that is just so just ridiculous. And then Millard asked the question, why can't they walk the stand selling items? You know, those are usually independent vendors. You got somebody that's going down there. You got to have the people to do that and the staffing. And, and I get that that's hard, but 
something's got to change with the concessions. And it has never been good. When the school was running the concessions and they had the old booths on the north and the south end, you stood and waited. And half the time, they didn't even have the stuff. The soda machines were always broken. You know, it, it, something has got to change in the concessions or, or people are not going to come because that's the game day experience. You get in the stadium, you want to grab a soda, you want to grab a water, you want to grab a hot dog or a, or a burger or something like that. You can't spend a quarter of the game just waiting in line trying to get your food. Yeah, so two two things that I, you guys have already talked about my two things, and so I'll just go really quickly. I agree. So uh, the sea store in in the uh, the stadium, easy thing. It could be you know this kind of thing that you can fold up, self checkout. So here in Nashville, you can go down to First Horizon Park. It's where the Nashville Sounds play, the AAA affiliate of none other than the Milwaukee Brewers, by the way, and. You, you, what you do is you just go in there and it's run by Kroger. Okay. So guys, Kroger's Smith's whatever. So they run it and you just go in, there are coolers. You, you can buy soda. Of course you could buy beer cause it's a ballpark. Uh, there are snacks, like you said, Sean, and then you just go and you check yourself out. There's like one guy standing there making sure like if there's a problem with the checkout, whatever. And that's it. You just go in, you check out, you're gone. You go sit in your seat. Happens quick. I, I, I think I, I like happen. I, th- I think why couldn't we've got all these food trucks here that are all using their own vendor services. Why can't the university take a cut of all that? Say, we're going to charge you a dollar on or whatever your credit card processing fees are. We have one app where you can order from burger bus, from the, from the tamale place, from the taco place, whatever it is, you order it in your seat and you get a text message saying, Hey, your order is going in the oven. Like taboo pizza does this in Ogden. You get a text saying, Hey, your pizza is going in the oven. Come down now. Right. And yeah. when you get there, they're handing you your food. You're walking out. Take away the line. The technology exists there. You could do this for all the, the vendors where you put all their menu uh, stuff in a, in, a, in a single Weber State Sports app or game day app. Look at the Jazz. The Jazz do that where you can you can you can order from your seat. And when it's ready, you go pick it up. I order that the ice cream all the time. This is not difficult stuff. We just need to invest in it. And, and it, it feels like the, the, the fan experience is getting better at Weber State. They've done so much over the last 10 years to improve the game day experience that this seems like low-hanging fruit that should have been done long before some of the other stuff was done. Yeah, so that was my second. <laughs> so, order, order food from your seat. You can do it at Lindquist Field. Uh, you know, like you said, you can, you can get in the jazz app and you can do it in the, in the arena there at the Viv. Uh, it exists. You could do it. You just got to want it. You know what I mean? And it's just a matter of thinking about it and working through the problems of implementing a system like that, because of course that would mean that you have to get people in. And, but I think also that like, there are probably certain vendors already pre-approved like the jazz do that, right? Like there are vendors that, uh, like some of those booths up on the up on the second level, they rotate. Sometimes they're ice cream, sometimes they're other things. Like just whatever. It's not always this necessarily the same people, but you can order those through the app. And so it's like they, there must be some approval process. I mean, go talk to Steve Starks. Go ask him how they did it. I'm, I'm sure he'll tell you. You know what I mean? Sure, I'm not only tell you, probably not only tell you, but I'll lend you a hand. <laughs> yeah, you um, probably would, right? Because obviously they're not as involved anymore because the Miller sold the team. But I'm just saying, like that—that's the—that's the number two thing that I would like to see is order food for your seats and then get the C store in there. You know, sponsored by Maverick or whatever, and it's great. People would love that stuff. I like the idea of people walking through the stands. That gives it a ball, that like a, a ball game feel, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, I, I will, I will say, like the. Not, I know we're we're saying concessions need to prove that the the food trucks are better than I think the previous system. I, I will oh, yeah, I like the sure. food trucks. Like I love the food options. Agree. They just they just need to be more better more better organized. Um, other one too. Like this this is less football, more basketball, but it, it's the same problem. You know, the thing that always kills us when we go is is when my kid wants ice cream. Like that's the thing that I want to go to the game get ice cream. So. Um, you know, having it all single scooped and have it all do, it takes way too much time. Just put some, put it, put in a cup and put a lid on it. Like the kid just wants ice cream. They don't, they don't, they don't care that it's scooped out. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. kind of goes to the C store idea, have a cooler there, go, go, you know, when we get to open the wildcat creamery, we'll, uh, <laughs> or the, yeah, the forest creamery, one. just prepackaged. I got one, one other thing for you that I, I is, is such low hanging fruit that I, it sickens me that I have to bring this up again. 
the north end zone balcony outside the coach's office is by far the coolest place to watch a game. I've never been able to do it, but, but what, what, why don't we have that RC Willie best in the house promotion where they put a couple of ear, you've got the catered thing. You've, you've got it there. You don't have to, to make this a big deal. I would love, I would pay big money to sit there every week for wildcat. They they are using it this year though, but one day, only once. It's been empty. They've only used it one game. Mm. No, you're right, though. That's the best seat in the house. I mean, aside from Coach Hill's office, that's the best seat in the house. Um, okay, guys, one more thing I want to talk about really, really quickly about, you know, dreaming about things that we could have at Stewart Stadium. A uh, certain other team down south has a signature of pastry that they uh, that gets uh, that gets talked about quite a bit. And, uh, you know, it's like, hey, signature foods, you know, like the Aggies have their ice cream. You know, this other team has this signature pastry. It's like eh, the double entendre pastry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come <laughs> yeah. uh, on, to think about that one for a second. So, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I was thinking about this. Like, I mean, we had this. This is another conversation we had on social media today in the Weber State fans Facebook group. If you're not in there, by the way, you should get in there because it's it's great. Um, what is a signature thing that we could have at Stewart Stadium and also at, you know, the D at the Purple Palace, you know, because they could translate and be at both. What is a thing? You know, my idea was like like a, an apple fritter that, you know, maybe people were like mixed berry apple fritter. So it's kind of purple or huckleberry flavored apple fritter, you know, and it's a wildcat claw, something like that. Right. Like, give me your guys's take. Like if there was a signature food at Stewart Stadium, what would it be? I, I want to go easy and say something that I don't have to sneak in myself because that's how I get the food that I want in the stadium right now. Don't say water. You know, wait, don't did, say water. Did I say that? No, I, I don't sneak water in. Uh, All right. I'm sneaking other things in. Uh, but uh, I, I, I just want better options. I, <laughs> I, I like it. I, you could do fritter. I, so I think somebody said the Wildcat Ripple ice cream. Uh, we could do that. Mm, I mean, love that. Uh, there's, there's lots of different things. I don't know. I. I don't want to copy other teams. I, 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 I think having a signature thing like that would be awesome. Why isn't Wildcat Ripple for sale at football games? That is, that is an interesting thought, isn't it? Um, it's good, folks. It's good if you don't know what Wildcat Ripple is. You go down to Fars. You say, "I want Wildcat Ripple." It's a nice mix of grape and vanilla. It's like a, it's like a lime Ricky frozen. You could, you could, you grape. could, you could have those little containers like like both the Aggies and the Cougs have. That are prepackaged, and you just sell them for three bucks or six bucks or whatever with a plastic spoon. This this is not rocket science, people. I, I'm just gonna say, make a million. I'm just gonna say, if Fars doesn't want to do it, go ask the Aggie Creamery to do it, <laughs> or go ask. Whoa, whoa, whoa. go Bow ask the, Creamery, South Ogden. Anybody, just ask somebody else. Yes, thanks. It's, it's right. It's good. Um, I I would definitely say something paw themed. I love the idea of a fritter, or I don't know. Maybe it's like a, I don't know, a calzone in the shape of a paw. I don't know. There, there's, there are definitely things that you could do that are, that are themed that would become like, oh yeah, that's the thing you do at a, at a Weber State game. In fact, Colby, you, you kind of said it like soda stores are apparently all the rage, right? I don't mean they are for yes, my they kids. Are. Yes, my they gosh, are. The, 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 the swig on Harrison I mean, it's conspicuously located that I, I drive by and get my kids to school to and back every single day. It's terrible. But, um, you know, when you make a lime Ricky, like it is purple, you know, make a, make a signature, signature wildcat lime Ricky drink. I just thought about this. What about, what about a paw shaped churro? There you oh go. man, that'd be incredible. Churrology's there. And then those guys make a decent churro. Go. Go make that, make it, get it caramel filled or chocolate or strawberry filled. A, a, a pot shaped churro or a uh, funnel cake, pot shaped funnel cake. Mm-hmm. So there's it's Utah. You got to go sweets, man. But and you, 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 you. go, go. So if you don't know, I mean, go, go hop in uh, on. On social media, let us know what you think, guys, because I really want to know. I think this is, could be a really cool tradition. You know, we've been thinking a lot lately about traditions at, at Weber State. Kind of want to build our own culture and uh, make it make it that thing so that, you know, in years time, you know, the best the best time to plant a tree was, you know. What, 30 years 50, ago, 30 years ago. The next best time is today. 
It's how it gets done, folks. You got to think about it first. You got to implement it. So go tell us what you think. And uh, maybe we'll be able to work something out for next season or maybe even into basketball season because I think that this could be really, really fun. We could have some really cool stuff on campus, man. And like people that come to the games, they have experience. Yeah, they come back. And then we got tons of fans in the stands and it gets loud. And people it's about really the kids. It's about, it's about the kids. The kids. Like it's about it's about the kids looking forward to going to those games and and everything you're talking about base. everything you're talking about about getting sweets there and having signature items like that it's all about getting kids there man yeah all right guys so let's look at the upcoming schedule like we said Saturday October twenty second at Montana State Wildcats taking the trip up to Bozeman this is going to be a big one uh, there'll be a top five matchup one p.m. Mountain Standard Time ESPN Plus and K Jazz we learned today the game will be on K Jazz TV so uh, let your folk your friends and folks know, know that if they don't have ESPN Plus for some dumb reason ESPN Plus is fantastic I watched I watched Jackson State beat the beat the tar out of uh, Bethune Cookman today on replay just because I wanted to see Shador Jackson. And I could do that because uh, I already had it paid for. So um, it's going to be on KJS. You can check that out. Customer service for Eagle Disney Bundle sucks. I had to deal with them tonight. Um, so <laughs> that's the downside. But, uh, that's I, I, I will give a shout out to the conference and the university for making this deal happen. Uh, as I understood yeah. it, uh, you know, this was a our Scripps affiliate here through their TV deal is Fox 13. Apparently they had to sub license to do something to get it on to K jazz. Uh, you know, we're, we're not, from what I understand, we're not going to get the, our traditional announcers on Saturday. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Cause it's um, an away game. You can, well, it's in a way, it's an away broadcast, but it's the old root sports crew. And if anybody in years past ever watched the root broadcast, the, the production was phenomenal. Like they, they, yeah, they're sure. well produced games and they're, it's going to be well put together, which is good for us. I mean, that's, Ch- that's all we Chappie, want. Here's high the quality broadcast. Here's the flat out deal. The scripts deal is, is a great deal for the conference. And, and I wish that our local affiliate would do it, but we have to face facts. The local affiliate is a Fox affiliate college football yeah. Saturdays. They're showing pack 12 and B one G. That's and it's wall to wall, 10 p.m. to 10 or 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So our our local affiliate is not going to show that game. Why they have not sublicensed that to KJAZ on a weekly basis? Probably because KJAZ doesn't think that anybody's going to watch a Portland State uh, NAU game, which is you know possible one of those probably games true. <laughs> but I, which is true, that's fine, fair. You can't sell ads for that. I love that they're they're doing it when Weber State is on that game. And and making that happen. So do I, but I I would have watched I would have watched Montana and Idaho. In fact, I have I was watching Montana. I had it I on ESPN it, Plus because yeah. I have ESPN Plus. <laughs> that's yeah. that's why you have ESPN Plus. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I, I do think like the 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 brawl the wild people watch. By the way, quick quick shout out to uh, to Kyler Neal from Eagles Power Hour and Tom Lakey for I've, I've I've always watched ESPN Plus on my Samsung TV and the ESPN app's not great. And, but I do have an Xbox and they pointed out that the multi-view does exist on the Xbox. So during at the watch party at my house, we had the Weber game on and then we were small box in uh, Idaho, Montana, and can't remember what other game, North Dakota state, South Dakota state state. And it was a, it was an All excellent choices. viewing experience. A, a, available on Xbox and Apple TV devices. Or if you're like me and in the Roku family, you just buy multiple TVs and, and set it up that way. I'm in the Roku family. Um, and then, guys, uh, the following week, Saturday, October 29th, Montana Grizz come to town to face the Wildcats. This will be 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at WeaverStateSports.com. Game will be on ESPN Plus or KJAZ. Um, like we've talked about, Grizz fans will come out in force for this game. So show up. This is going to be big. Uh, get loud. Make it tough on the Grizz. And uh, hopefully the Wildcats can can work some magic in, and win the game. Then Saturday, November Fifth, Wildcats face Sac State, which I underrated game, guys. Sac State is good. A lot of people have Sac State at number two in the country right now. Um, rightfully so. Sac State has done nothing but beat the teams in front of them and beat them well. So we will see how good Sac State is this week when they face the Grizz. But uh, that game is going to be tough. And so Saturday, November 9th, or November 5th, Make sure to get to Stewart Stadium and get loud because uh, that's that's probably the biggest uh, the biggest test that the Wildcats will face this season until the playoffs. 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at WeaverStateSports.com. ESPN Plus or KJS for that one. And then finally, uh, Saturday, November 12th, 
the stripes come to town, Idaho State, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at WeaverStateSports.com, ESPN Plus, or KJAZ. We're going to beat the tar out of the stripes because that's what we do. Uh, we've lost to the stripes like three times in my lifetime. We're not losing this year. We don't lose to the stripes. That's what it is. Another good t-shirt idea, idea Colby. We don't never, lose, never to, lose the to the stripes. No, we yeah. don't. Like, period. We don't, or don't say never lose. Say we don't lose to the stripes. We don't yeah. lose to them. Like, let's, like I said, the stripes have beat us three times in my lifetime. I just turned 37 years old. Doesn't happen. Uh, email us, weberstateweekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then uh, Patreon, of course. Like we said, uh, got some... Got some recruiting stuff that's brewing. So if you want to get in on that, you'll have to become a patron. Uh, then it'll be released on our blog, weberstateweekly.com in subsequent weeks. We also will be getting our game day grades up. I got a couple folks. I might try and get one of you guys to write a third, get your thoughts, and then I'll put it on the blog. But um, weberstateweekly.com is where you can find that. So thank you to Sean Lewis and Dustin Chappie Chapman for doing this one, guys. Wrap it up. Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go out, cats.